When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. According to a report published by Dell Technologies and authored by the Institute for the Future, a panel of 20 technology, business, executives, academics, all kinds of people, experts from around the world said the following, 85% of the jobs that will exist in 2030 have not yet been invented. Preparing for a job these days that doesn't exist is compounded by the fact that students entering college and are in any four-year field in 2021 may not be prepared for what happens in 2025. But for all of the people who have come into my life over the course of the last several years, one of them once said to me when he was a mere 17 years old, and when I asked him, what do you want to do when you go and study business, his answer was as plain as day. One day when I get out of college, I am going to be in a job that doesn't exist. His name is Andrew Boric, and he is a former student of mine. I am proud and honored to call him my friend, and he is one of the most forward thinkers I've ever known, because who at 17 is telling you I'm going to get a job that doesn't exist because the future isn't something for me to simply step into, I'm going to invent it. Andrew Bork, welcome to A Climb to the Top. Thank you so much for having me, Chuck. It's a real pleasure to be talking with you and everyone. And uh, yeah, there's uh, so much of what I learned from you uh, in, in my time in school uh, definitely helped uh, you know promote that kind of mentality, right? To be able to go and dream big and think about those things that don't exist yet. Well, you made it really easy because when I think about all the thousands of students that I have taught, you were just a special breed because you, unlike many others, Andrew, many came in with a predefined notion only because that, that is the convention. If you're going to be an accounting major, you will become an accountant. If you are a finance major, you'll be a finance, whatever that is. From the moment I met you, in spite of the fact that you were an accounting major, you never wavered from this, I'm going to create the future. Was that, was that always you? Or did you yeah. just did it hit you one day? No, no. Yeah, I've, I've been a, now a software engineer for the past 14 years. I'm a self-taught developer um, and really went to school for business to make sure that, uh, you know, in entrepreneurship, I want to make sure I'm well-rounded as I go and start different ventures, different businesses to understand the, the nitty gritty details of more than just the technology side of it, but how to actually run the business. But also, I mean, accounting, you think about accounting and development are very uh, both very logical systems. Right. And you combine that with, uh, you know, I mean, this excitement that I had around creativity and being able to apply that towards product. And that's kind of where you put me today. You know, <laughs> oh, I know yeah. I appreciate it. I had nothing to do with it. My job was just to, to help you get a stage for you to communicate what you wanted to do. And you did it beautifully. Andrew was my student in the School of Business at Mercy College, where I knew him from the time he was a senior in high school. And I watched him evolve over the course of four years in college, both in class and outside of the class. Andrew took what was a conventional path as an accounting major to ultimately work for a Fortune 500 company. 
But something funny happened along the way while working at Johnson & Johnson, where all of a sudden, well, this isn't the job that doesn't exist, but what do I do with what I have? Andrew, I suspect this is a lesson in even though you were working for Johnson & Johnson, suddenly you were meeting people that began to think, maybe this is the time for me to determine the thing that doesn't exist. Help us to understand that twist in turn and what led you to do what you do now. And then we can talk about what you do now. For sure. Yeah. I've, I've always had a passion for uh, going and exploring different technologies, different industries. And in particular, I know that uh, healthcare uh, and moving into healthcare technology uh, presents whole new challenges. I mean, it, for sure, from a you know privacy and compliance perspective, understanding that side of things, from uh, going to a company that has 118,000 plus employees and, under, and understanding how that big of a machine goes and moves. Um, it gave me a lot of opportunities to, to gain that insight and think about as I eventually wanted to go and get back into, into startups, into entrepreneurship, uh, understand like, all right, well, this is how uh, these larger companies function. And these are also the areas where as I go and start my own business, where I want to go and, and watch and be careful of, right? Because as you're scaling out uh, you know, a company where you look at our, our company, Lunchbox, went from 14 people and, and in a little over a year, now we're over 200 and something plus. Um, uh, as those different processes scale out, you start seeing like, all right, this is how um, you know these teams form to appropriately uh, be able to carry around the culture of you know kind of creativity, of connectivity, collaborativeness, uh, always willing to learn, willing to grow, willing to thrive. And some things where you see folks in, uh, while I loved my experience at, at J and J. Um, I felt like there was a much more of an opportunity for me to grow and for me to get uncomfortable with where I'm at. So that way I'm, I'm going and challenging myself and exploring beyond there. And yeah, that's what, that le that's what led us back to, to where we are today. Well, let, let's talk about this. You are now chief innovation officer and a partner of an organization called Lunchbox. What is Lunchbox? Yeah, Lunchbox is like a Shopify for restaurants. And what that means is that we help out brands like Bear Burger, like Clean Juice, like Wings Over, on everything that's related to their online ordering, as well as their loyalty and marketing solutions. So it could be their apps, websites, catering, kiosks, all the things that are helping them drive traffic towards and away from third parties, third parties, um, like Grubhub, where restaurants lose 30% on every order, right? Um, from those, those marketplace fees, they don't have access to any of their customer data. And so we help them give control back to their own hands. So that way, when you go on to bearburger.com, you order directly from there, uh, that's all powered by Lunchbox and restaurants have the ability to go and give you loyalty rewards, sign up bonuses, birthday rewards, et cetera, um, to go and keep you engaged and retain you on their platform. Uh, so that way they're not taking out those, those fees. So that, that's what we do. And we also have a- Actually, Andrew, let, let, me, let me just take a moment just for our listeners to catch up because this is a moment of disruption here. Um, you Lunchbox comes in and disrupts the status quo. You and your partners, let's get to the evolution of the idea. You came together. Well, let, 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 let's put names to them as well. Your CEO, his name. Nabil. Right. Yep. So you and Nabil came together and you guys had an idea. Now I know Nabil, he grew up in a world of serving in restaurants, very passionate about the world and the evolution of restaurateurs and trying to help them to be profitable and to be scalable. But you and Nabil got together and you began to think, 
well, we may not know exactly what we're going to do, but there is either a problem or a disruption that is ripe for us. How did you move into the idea of Lunchbox and what were you aiming to disrupt? Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, so yeah, Nabil, our CEO, went from busboy to chief marketing officer uh, at, over at Bearburger over the course of 10 years, um, uh, you know, really working his way up, understanding a lot about the ins and outs and how to grow out you know, the marketing of the team and seeing how much of, of online ordering and restaurant technology is not so much, you know, if you build it, they will come. No, you have to build it and then you need to promote it and you need to go and engage with the restaurants that way and seeing how all these different vendors and companies weren't working together uh, on one you know, cohesive solution. Uh, you know, in order for Sweetgreen to get their platform, they had to spend millions, work with seven different vendors on, you know, one for apps, one for marketing, one for design, et cetera. And so to get that all in one place uh, is something that is kind of like breaking the usual norm of what you expect in this industry of having to work with all these different players. And so, um, you know, a lot of folks in our team have worked in restaurants, family and friends that worked in restaurants or love food and are ambassadors for the restaurants they love. My family worked in restaurants for over 40 years owning and operating. And so that ethos of, uh, you know, by restaurant people for restaurant people um, has you know, remained core to what we're doing. And that's how we got to the idea of Lunchbox of seeing all the, what was happening in this industry, seeing how this consolidation was occurring with, you know, level up, uh, uh, getting purchased uh, by uh, you know, Grubhub and kind of consolidating out like the folks <laughs> that you were trying to, the marketplaces that you're trying to distance yourself from now are now in the first party solutions that you're, you know, uh, hoping to gravitate towards. And so we saw all that that was happening in the industry. And uh, there was also a great amount of demand, great amount of demand for, for what we have. And especially we've seen that over the past, uh, you know, year and a half, um, uh, you know, with everybody in lockdown and restaurants uh, and needing to strategize uh, new opportunities and new ways to go and reach their guests. Um, so that's, that's kind of the culmination. Of so there, was a, there were a few things going on here that's helping them to integrate, aggregate, so to speak, become more, more efficient in the processes by which you would drive traffic to their site. That's the first thing. Second thing is, in order for restaurants to do that, there was quite an expense. So they were spending a lot of money that I suspect you felt that money could be better spent. So Lunchbox comes along and disrupts it. So you help them to, one, be more efficient, but also to be more profitable. Did, did they go together? Yep. yep, yep. And a lot of it, you know, all came from, I mean, all of us. And the, the past startups, uh, this founding team, we've worked together on several different companies from a college social media to event planning app agency and a bunch of stuff in between. And so, uh, uh, you know, a lot of when you say we're Lunchbox, where the idea and where it came from really came from the idea that we really all wanted to work together again. So Nabil <laughs> gave us a call and said, hey, I'm trying to get the band back together uh, <laughs> right, and let's great. go and work on something. And, and so this is where we go and landed on uh, for Lunchbox and because of you know our mutual backgrounds, experience and kind of also the education that we saw that we could bring to the industry of how uh, feasible it is to really take control of your, your online ordering. And so a restaurant then that has an online ordering, they don't have to make it themselves. They don't have to develop it themselves. They use you powered by Lunchbox. Exactly. Me as a consumer, if I wanted to order onto a restaurant, I would go into lunchbox.co. Is that correct? That's your website? Oh, lunchbox.io. Oh, .io. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that clarity. We go into lunchbox.io. We then order. I would imagine until you came along, that was a very expensive and inefficient process by which restaurants would get that order to me. Now you cut through all of that. Your disruption is now directly, they order, 
and they keep more of that money that would ordinarily have been paid to another company that did it? Exactly. We don't charge any percentage-based fees. We're all flat fee, you know, SaaS model. Yeah. Um, and so with restaurants with us, yeah, once they pay off their SaaS fee, then basically everything that they make from that point forward is, is for them. And so uh, that's why we find it so important to really empower them with all these different marketing tools like email, push notification, Google, Facebook, all these different things, right, uh, that are baked into our platform in order to help them grow and promote. And when you look at a, a you know, online ordering company, right? Like if you're doing your own first party through your own uh, ordering, through your own apps and websites, restaurants on average, you can expect between four and 15% usually. And we set a goal for ourselves of 20%. If we can help restaurants do 20% of all their online ordering through their own websites and apps, and 80% came from the marketplaces like Grubhub and DoorDash and all that, that would be considered pretty good. And then on average from this past month, we're doing 46% through their own websites and apps. So it's blowing it out the water. That's pretty good. uh, You you set a target at 20, you get to 46. You had 14 (laughs) employees a year ago and you now have how many? Uh, Over 200 now. Yeah, it's hard to count. Keep track of it. We had like 10 people start today. Yeah. (laughs) Let's back up. And this is a great story because this is a story that every entrepreneur dreams of. You, You guys had an idea. How many were in the original pool when you got the band back together? How many were there? We had a founding team of six. Okay, so you had six people. You all had to get together and decide on the division of labor. You then, naturally to me, you were the chief technology officer. Yep. Okay, so you had that idea. Nabila CEO and you had other people in their jobs. The company begins to grow. And now I'd imagine, one, your job title changed, but what you do for a living, when regardless of the title, you're now a different company. What does it feel like to be at a company of 200 versus a company of when you were at 15? Yeah, well, I think uh, speaking from the co-founder lens, uh, it doesn't matter necessarily what your real title is. Once you have co-founder in there, you kind of expect it to do everything, (laughs) Uh, do a lot more than what it is. No surprise on you, uh, but I get that. (laughs) So when you think about a team of 14, I mean, I think what, what this... What we see here is just being having these resources, uh, like in terms of money and having time now, because you have so many different people, um, and all the uh, awesome uh, you know team that we've seen grow, um, that also melts with our culture, melts with our um, you know ethos and our mission of empowering restaurants. Uh, really, what that enables you to do is to to be able to accomplish so much more, and then also um, uh, you know scale out these things that you know, when you're a team of uh, you know 14, since everybody's so spread thin, uh, you know you're really just hyper focus on like, all right, how am I going to solve, you know, these, make these one big bet, make the solve for this one uh, particular, um, you know, restaurant partner uh, versus now, like we're able to go and, 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 and actually explore a lot more avenues. And that's why in this role as the uh, head of innovation, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to see, all right, what are these different opportunities that, um, uh, that before we weren't able to go and tackle. And that now that we have these resources, we can go and, and actually explore and continue to be that company that folks say, wow, Lunchbox is not your typical SaaS company. <laughs> and so that's, that's what our, our vision and mission is there. Um, not, uh, you know, uh, uh, to go and not just be a, a better restaurant tech company, but also to just be an innovative company and the kind of spearhead the way through the industry for that. And if you had to communicate the mission, if you if you were talking to a restaurant right now and he said to you, Andrew, you got 15 seconds, what's your mission and how is it going to help me? What would you tell them? Uh, our mission has always been to empower restaurants. You know, a lot of the times when you are going and, and getting into all these different online ordering softwares, uh, you're paying for all these different fragmented piece. Lunchbox goes and combines it all into one solution. You get your website, you get your app, you get your marketing piece, uh, 
uh, uh, you know, platform. And uh, we take all the heavy lifting uh, that was normally on your shoulders and we put it all into our system, all onto our platform. You get all the, you know, take out all that red tape and all of the, 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 the extra fees and here and that, that restaurants, you know, uh, operators can't necessarily handle their, they need to be spending time in the kitchen. They need to be yeah. spending time on the floors. They need to be spending time in the back office. We go and we take that on for them, uh, you know, because of all these different automations and the platform we've put in place. And so it's all about empowering restaurants. You must be alleviating them of so many of the headaches that come that have nothing to do with cooking the food or serving their patrons. Yeah. I mean, you think about it like this. One thing, we, just one component of our system is that we're integrated with the point of sale systems of the restaurants. Right. And so that way, normally uh, when you order from a system, it might, the order might go to a tablet, like a, you know, an iPad or a tablet on the table counter. Yeah. And then the restaurant needs to go and pay attention to that tablet, look at it, and then punch it in manually into the POS system. What we do, we integrate directly with the point of sales of let's say toast or revel and all those orders flow directly. So the second that you finish an order and you get that order confirmation page on a lunchbox, that the restaurants are, it's in the kitchen, like it's on their KDS. They are looking at it. They are cooking at it. So you think about, there's so many different areas of, of, you know, because we have that understanding and that knowledge of the restaurant industry, we were able to go and hyper-focus and say like, how can we make this, remove all the friction and, and make it like getting an online ordering system as you know, hassle-free as possible for restaurants. And right. that's what we've done. What you're describing then, to the extent that the restaurant has a, an efficient um, back of house and they have an efficient front of house, but I know many restaurants have always dealt with all the technology that is a distraction and gets in the way. Now they don't have to worry about it. They have an efficient technology. Welcome to Lunchbox. What a great idea. And yet here we are. You have done a whole lot of things. What have you learned about yourself through all of this evolution? <laughs> That's a great question. I think um, a lot of what I've learned about myself is that uh, especially in through all this growth and everything that's been happening over the past couple of years um, is, is how quickly and how important it is to know how to adapt and to know how to uh, mold to, you know, the kind of the different circumstances, different situations that you're getting involved in, different roles that you need to go and take on. Um, uh, you know, a lot of what I was doing before was really going and learning a lot about the technology, learning a lot about the business side, learning a lot about whatever it is, right? Getting hyper-focused, yeah. but realizing that once you go and um, you know, are in this situation, you're in the real world and you're, you are building and scaling out the business in this way, um, uh, being able to say like, all right, uh, I need to build a team around that is going, that I can depend on, uh, that can operate autonomously. Micromanagement is just not a you can't in the startup that's you don't have that luxury and, and scale that yeah exactly you need to go and be able to have folks that you trust right that they can go and execute on all these different pieces and uh yeah i think that's that you know so much of what i've learned here is that and then also uh, heavily relying on advisors and um and and seeking out knowledge from other folks in the industry i definitely recommend for anybody to to, to find at least one other advisor somebody who is where you want to be not somebody where who you are at right now. You can definitely surround yourself with peers that you can go and talk that are in the same situations where you are right now. But I definitely recommend like having those kind of uh, folks that help. And that's, you know, that's so much of what's helped me um, is being able to have advisors that say like, hey, listen, I want to get to where the stage where you're at and operate at the capacity that you are. And uh, 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 you're learning that <laughs> from, from my end, I was a self-taught developer. I thought, you, you know, in the beginning, you think you can do everything on your own. And then if you just go and put the elbow grease in there, that you'll make it. But no, you, you 
you really need to go and and build a good um, you know surrounding supporting uh, uh, cast to help you and and uh, and get there. So whether it be your team that you work with on a day to day, whether it be advisors that you go and 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 ask questions about, it might also be on a day to day basis. Right? Well, you're lending credence to the entrepreneur who may be technically proficient in a lot of things, but this is the hard truth about the soft skills. Because imagine your your point is if you don't trust the other individual, no matter how smart they may be, you're helping them to redefine what it means to be smart. Because in your entrepreneurial success, it's not just about the technology that you're doing well. It's about your hire now. Hundreds of people are coming in and you need them to be efficient. So let's get to that. You sent me an email, Andrew, a couple months ago and said, hey, Chuck, we're hiring. And cool. I read the email. I figured, ah, it made two, three jobs. Oh my God, it was a list. It was longer than, than my sleeve. There must have been 40, 50 people you're looking for. This is a wonderful opportunity for people out in the job market. Tell, tell us the kind of talent that you seek. What are the jobs? Yeah, I mean, uh, from a wide range of things, uh, from between you know engineering and uh, you know customer success folks that are helping you know uh, you know manage accounts here, folks right. in sales, uh, folks, you know, there's it's a wealth. Basically, you you put your name on it, and 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 there's likely going to be another a job opening for it. Um, and and a lot of it has to do with yeah, because you know, we've grown to 200 people, and uh, we quickly as we go and and tackle different markets, different areas, and 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 continue to expand or realizing that we continuously need more we need to scale out all these different functions and we've brought in a tremendous amount of leadership um, uh, which has helped us to go and define a lot of these different organizational changes yeah right and i suspect you are backed by some venture capital money Yes, yes, uh, been great. I mean, our our, new, our seed round was led by uh, Six for Five Ventures, along with Primary Ventures, and then our you know uh, a Series A was led by Kotu, um, and we've had a lot of great folks uh, you know invest in us, like uh, you know uh, uh, Tom Colicchio, Top Chef, uh, like Robert Earl, uh, you know uh, Kat Cole, much more uh, in the industry to come, and and and, and also uh, you know. Neiman from uh, Sweetgreen. It's also right. best in us too. So you've had a lot of backing by restaurant professionals who are well-known and well-branded in the field. They are bought into your mission and they recognize this is going to work. Now, looking forward, and I know it's hard to look beyond even several months because the world is changing so fast. How big can Lunchbox be? Yeah, well, I mean, we really see uh, a lot for us in the industry, especially uh, uh, in restaurants, uh, continuously going and focusing on on all these different facets and functions that uh, we can cover for them, uh, whether it be uh, uh, you know connecting that in-store experience to the online experience in ten different ways. We just launched our, I mean, this past year, our pocket kiosk, where somebody I guess can go and scan the QR code on the table and and order directly to them. And so you look at those experiences, look at all that's changing, especially as the world can, opens up and continues to open up. Um, uh, uh, you know where lunchbox can go and fit in and plug in these holes. Um, there's a lot from a and you know without sharing uh too much on here mm -hmm. a lot from a technology perspective yeah. uh that we continue to go and expand upon uh you know uh, i think us being a very api friendly company uh not just having uh, a system that uh, folks can go and and get you know and leverage our uh front end and back end but also uh building out their own uis and interfaces on top of that there's plenty of an area for us there and also expanding uh potentially you know outside of our, our current sphere of influence which is like looking more at the us um 
um, uh, you know, being able to explore other other uh, markets and areas there. Well, so, it's, it's, uh, in particular, our we see our biggest focus right now is on uh, as well on uh, you know ghost kitchens. The concept of ghost kitchen is a restaurant doesn't necessarily have uh, a, a ghost kitchen doesn't have any dine in or or any front of house. Instead, all they have is a kitchen, and they might be producing ten different brand brands out of that kitchen, ten different menus. They might be right. making pizza. They might be making sushi. Might be making whatever it is there. And so uh, ghost kitchens have grown uh, to uh, you know continuing to grow into further and further popularity. So many of the restaurants you'll see ordering online are ghost kitchens. And so um, uh, and so we we continue to place a bet on that as well uh, with our mini marketplace which basically allows a ghost kitchen to become its own marketplace because it has so many different brands and, and menus on there. And, and, and so they can go and be their own DoorDash. Right. Um, so well, that's, no, that's another area where we continue to span to. No matter what they are in the kitchen, you are the customer facing side of that technology. What do we care as a consumer? It doesn't matter. We're going to place that order and, and it goes yep. into the ghost kitchen well, and it's called whatever it's called. We, we, we may not know that. Yeah, and then also, I mean, with with all of our partners, with all, all the the websites and apps that we have, um, the guest always manages just one login. So they have one login that they can go and log into any of our partners, yep. and and that way you don't have to worry about re-entering credit card information right. or changing out your your delivery address or anything like that. It's like you kind of go from one place to another, and and you can feel like all that friction is removed because I think that's what a you know pain point that a lot of folks have is that they they want to order directly from I know in the restaurant, but another restaurant is another login, right. and so what here at Lunchbox we've gone and unified all of that and consolidated that single point of entry process efficiencies. Andrew, this is great. <laughs> yep. Now let, let's review again for those that may not know your story where do we find lunchbox tell us the website again yep yeah you can find us at, at lunchbox.io and you can find us at many of the restaurants that you're eating at uh, whether it be uh, mexico or wings over or stickies or garden catering any of them uh, that are out there uh, so many restaurants that are powered by lunchbox so you know that we have the pleasure of working with and uh, a lot of folks well, let, let, let me conclude here with the big thing that allows you to speak directly to the listeners because we have we are available on Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple, C-Suite Network. We have a v- constituents from a variety of different places, but a lot of entrepreneurs, Andrew, plug in and they want to hear the stories of others. What is the message you would want to convey to someone who is sitting somewhere in the garage or wherever the startups occur, in spite of all of the challenges and the uphill mountains they may need to climb? What advice do you impart to people at that stage, in the early stage of their idea? Yeah, well, I, I think this is big advice that I usually give um, to a lot of folks that are especially getting started, um, whether it be on anything, you can be getting started as in a graphic design career and a coding career and a business career, is that a, a, there's always going to be these big uh, hurdles that you have to go and like, so when I was first learning how uh, software development, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of you get really excited, there's the excitement peak, right? right. Until all of a sudden, maybe at some point, you're going to hit the spot where like, oh, this is getting real now. Uh, the the challenge is much harder. <laughs> and so you have to go and work through that challenge. And then all, after you've worked through that obstacle, then all of a sudden you hit the next uh, no, hockey stick, right? Of, right. of uh, all right, well, now you, now I'm starting to get more advanced and learning a lot more technology here. And then all of a sudden, boom, you hit the second hurdle. And so the same thing, and, and to, that can, process continues and continues forever. It's just, you'll, you'll always, if you're not growing and you're not hitting yourself, you're not challenging yourself with those obstacles, um, it's not something, uh, you, then you're, you're not challenging yourself enough and you're not going to go and 
achieve what you want to. Um, and so uh, if somebody that's going is, is maybe, and I, we started off in a basement. Um, so if you're in a basement, if you're in a garage or wherever it might be, um, uh, and you might be finding yourself at, at one of those stages, either the, uh, you know, excitement stage or I am hitting the hurdle. I don't know if I can do this any further. Um, and, and kind of the goal is to, to go and assess, look at yourself and say, hey, listen, um, uh, uh, how can I go and, and surround uh, myself, uh, not just with uh, individuals, like a great team. And you could see uh, like how much having a great team really spearheaded the growth of Lunchbox and the inception of Lunchbox of us just wanting to come together. Or how can I go and, and seek out, you know, support from, from advisors, mentors, or anybody out there um, that can go and, and, and tell me a little bit more about how I can, I can get past this point or get to the next point. I think that's so much of, uh, of, of, what I'm seeing out there is that no one, I'm not writing any new books here or providing any new material here. So much of this is, is guidance and insight and knowledge um, from all these different other folks in the industry and, and everything that's been happened in the, in the past and going forward and seeking knowledge from that. Well, you're boiling it down to the magic, the magic forms of resistance. Uh, uh, everything's trying to resist you against your way. But what mm -hmm. you're really doing is you are resilient. You are persevering and persisting through all of those things that are trying to knock you out. You're saying, no, okay, that's all well and good. But you're climbing that mountain one step at a time. And Andrew, let me state on a more personal level how proud I am of you. Having known you from the time that you were 17, you stood up in my class absolutely fearless for four or five years, however long we were together. And it was wonderful to see this because I had no doubt when you told me, I'm gonna have a job that doesn't exist. I could not have predicted that you would be the chief innovation officer for a company called Lunchbox. And until we had lunch a couple of years ago, I didn't even know what it was. But my goodness, it's great to see you succeeding and your lunchbox really coming in with your, your integrity, your enthusiasm, the love of what you guys do is infectious. And it is a pleasure to watch you climbing this wonderful mountain. Well done, Andrew. All right, thank you so much, Chuck. And I just got to say uh, for everybody, like, you know, life is no straight road. There's so many different uh, turns that, that you take and th areas where you don't know how the heck you're going to get back to that goal that you, you had for yourself. And, uh, you know, so much of where I am today is just sticking to it and, uh, and, and believing that, like, if you go and take all these different opportunities that come, um, you know, you go and make something out of it. So I really appreciate um, being able to speak with you all. Thank you. you bet. So this is Chuck Garcia. You have listened to or watched a climb to the top. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and the C-Suite Network. You can reach me at Chuck Garcia. We are grateful every week. I think, Andrew, we are. you are our 92nd or 93rd show that we've produced. So it's just been such a blast being able to bring you into this world. And I am so happy for you and Nabil and all of the people at Lunchbox. I continue to wish you guys well. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in each week. You have listened to A Climb to the Top with my guest, Andrew Bork. We are signing off and look forward to hearing from you. Good night. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.